into the contest. It is Monday the 15th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And of course Shane Lee played a lot of cricket at the SCG. But yesterday, mate, you were tipping off a quite a, a remarkable weekend for your young son Tom who actually got player of the round for his local club. Is it the Mossman Swans? Mossman Swans, yep. Yeah, and then he was sitting in the stands eating a pie watching the mighty Sydney Swans beat Collingwood. Yeah, he had a fantastic weekend. He um, he joined Little Kickers there at Mossman and um, mm. they played their first sort of oh, sort of game um, instead of doing drills. They they played a whole game and uh, yeah, he got he got uh, the best on ground. So he's very excited then because they, they do sing the Swans team song even at the Mossman Swans. Da, da, and then he got da, 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 yes, da, da, yeah. he knows every word. And he got to go mm. out and fortunately we got to sing it against Collingwood, which was huge. Yeah, that was a big win. We'll talk about that today. We'll also talk about some very quirky stuff in the world of tennis and Cameron Smith getting heckled. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. This is quirky. A couple of things in the world of tennis that have happened. Uh, you'd have to put in the weird file, Shano. Um, <laughs> uh, Poland's Hubert Hercats, he's beaten Nick Kyrgios at the Montreal in the quarterfinals, but that wasn't what got all the headlines. Basically, um, Nick wasn't happy with one of the toilet breaks or a number of them. Yeah, Timmy, well, yeah, in relation to this, well, I can see Nick's point of view that um, the, the Polish tennis player kept taking toilet breaks and, um, and of course, Nick was seizing up. Look, Nick's coming off 15 wins from his last 16 matches, um, and he said he was physically exhausted. And just these breaks, and it was probably tactics from the Polish player um, who got there in the end and to, to defeat Nick. But, um, yeah, I, I can understand his point of view here. Yeah, uh, exactly. And he said he had a little bit of a niggle in the stomach, a little, big, little mm. niggle in the knee, and I was- that's going to happen, isn't it? But ahead of the US Open, he probably needs a bit of a break. He's certainly uh, he's run into some good form. You're going to have the odd loss, aren't you? Things aren't going to always go That's right. It. But uh, the US Open, he's going to be seeded in the US Open. So go Nick Kyrgios. Now, in, a, in another part of the weird file, just over to the left, uh, world number <laughs> seven, Casper Root. Well, he's been fined for not going to the toilet, Shane. This is a, a really odd story because he's, he's gone off and taken the break, but he didn't go to the system. No, that's it. And uh, this is this is crazy, right? So he has gone off to change either his underwear or his shorts um, or his shirt or his socks um, and hasn't gone to the toilet because someone always follows them into the bathroom so they make sure they're not doing anything inappropriate. Um, yeah. And then when he came back out, because he didn't actually go to the toilet, because he's probably seriously dehydrated, um, he was he was being issued a warning and fined, which is ridiculous. He said, well, what do I do? Do I change my – do I pull my under, underwear off on court in front of everyone else? And, and the umpire said, no, mate, when you go to the toilet, you have to go to the toilet. So just typical too many rules and uh, overcomplicating things. But, yeah, that's just crazy that way. It's a bit off its head, isn't it? Manchester United, yeah. my son, eldest son here, is a big Man U fan. And I think I mentioned to you how we went down to Crystal Palace or went to Melbourne to watch them play Crystal Palace. Well, they've been absolutely flogged on the weekend. They're the bottom of the EPL ladder. 
four, I think it was four one by Brentford. Well, I turned over to watch the highlights, and honestly, I, I know that they change their home and away uniforms all the time over in the EPL, and I knew man you were playing Brentford, and I just I assume when the first two goals went in that. That was the Man United jersey. Mm. I couldn't believe it. They lost 4-0 to Brentford. Never in history. Mm. And uh, oh, the Man U supporters are not happy. And you can see why they're bottom of the EPL league. And, yeah, for the first time in 30 years. Yeah, that is a change of fortune or mm. lack of. Uh, what about Sam Kerr, shortlisted for football's biggest prize? Um, Lionel Messi's been snubbed. But this is a great time for... Uh, the game in this country, the women's game, particularly as we head towards the World Cup. Yeah, Sam Kerr, she's nominated in the top 20 of the Ballon d'Or, which is the football's greatest individual prize, um, an award. Uh, while Messi, um, he's been left out of the top 30 list. Um, hasn't had the best season, um, well, for him personally. Um, I still think he's in the top 30 players in the world. What about uh, what about golf? Um, Cameron Smith, of course, our latest major winner, the Australian who, who won the British Open. He's playing very well. He has played very well the past week in Memphis, but with this whole live tour swirling around and the comments from Cameron Percy, which Cameron Smith wasn't happy about at all, saying that the deal had been done and he's gone, he, he's already signed. He's been heckled from people in the crowd. Uh, I suppose this is just going to happen, isn't it? Well, I'd like to understand his mental state in and around this because it's not going to go away until he either confirms or denies. I think even if he does deny, it'll still it'll hang around for a little while. But um, yeah, being heckled, saying calling, been calling him the one hundred million dollar man, uh, saying he's L I V in capital I N G large, living large. <laughs> so it's some funny lines coming from the crowd. I just don't know whether it's affecting his game or not. It doesn't appear so. He seems to be playing pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he doesn't seem to be too nah. bothered by it at all. Putting balls in from the yeah. edges of greens. He's, a, he's an he's extraordinary golfer. Extraordinary golfer. All right, stick around. This is Afternoon Sport. Got all the footy, all the league in the AFL just around the corner. Sydney Swans, they look so powerful, Shane. They really did. Never really looked under threat, apart from the fact that Collingwood were so aggressive and on the front foot, but the defence of the Swans was brilliant. The defence was huge. And, um, yeah, they, they, they played really good football. They got, got out to an early two-goal lead and, and never really looked in doubt after that. Um, well, I think the Swans, it's the best I've ever seen them defend their line. And, uh, and the way that they got the ball out, in circumstances when it appeared that Collingwood, the cardiac kids were going to come back and and switch momentum our way, we somehow defended the line and then got the ball out and turned around to score a goal at the other end. It was uh, it was really really good football from the Swans, and they're, they're now second on the ladder. Yeah, they're going great guns, aren't they? And uh, yep. that 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 goal from Buddy, I know that he played well, but the one where he's quite up to the post and just dropped it on his left foot, the skill that it took just to just to flip it straight in between the calico posts, he is just the gift that just keeps giving, isn't he, yeah. uh, Buddy Franklin? And just on that, so that was right in front of where Thomas and I were sitting, and uh, and look on my young son's face when he did that was worth the price of admission. It was uh, it was really good to watch. They didn't need to boo Jack Ginevan. No, I, I don't think so. But it's funny, Tim. I was out there and, and when Ginevan um, had that head-high tackle awarded to him, penalty awarded mm. to him early, uh, when, when it came on, on the screen, he had a big smile on his face like, like the young kid does. 
Um, and then a cut later in the game, and we didn't realise that he'd been um, taken off the field with an injury. When you're watching on TV, you understand that because you hear the commentary, but when you're sitting there, and then he had a big smile, and then the crowd booed. Um, I don't think a lot of people realise that he was actually injured. So I think all this hoo-ha um, is, is a bit a bit of an overreaction. Um, definitely, you don't want to see any young kid injured, that's for sure, but it was just a sort of a, more of a headshot of him when he came on the screen smiling again, sitting on the bench, is when the crowd booed. Yeah, and uh, look, the head high shot yeah, it was. was a head high shot. He's, uh, he's one of these guys that's uh, going to get attention wherever he goes because he's a player on the rise in his first season. He's done some extraordinary things and he'll continue to do that. Collingwood really just need to win next week and uh, they are assured a four uh, position in the top four. And the Swans, they win, will they'll get second spot. So that, that will be just brilliant for them. What about this loss to Carlton? I, I really did feel for them. Um, Melbourne were gutsy all through it and they... Got it right at the end with uh, Kasai Pickett, but uh, poor old Carlton. Yeah, Carlton leading by one point, and as you said, the last 15 seconds, Kasai Pickett just swung, kicked the ball, and uh, to kick the goal for Melbourne. Um, it's a funny game, AFL. Look, I, I think Carlton can be very, very positive with the way that they played this season, um, but they had their chances throughout the season to really cement that position in the top eight. And they just didn't do that. And I think if they look back at their season in a whole, it won't come down to that last 15 seconds. There was a few key moments in other matches where they should have really put their foot on the throat of their opposition. Yeah, well, they're sitting in eighth spot. Mm. Uh, they've still obviously got this chance to to be in the, in the finals. Yep. Of course, the Bulldogs are on 44, but uh, they've got to do it next week. So that is Carlton and they've got a, they, they do play Collingwood, I think, next week. So that, that makes it pretty difficult. Now, what about in uh, in Rugby League, um, the Canberra Dragons game? It did finish in controversial fashion where the Dragons thought they needed a penalty. But you just mentioned that, you know, Carlton uh, should have finished higher because of things that went wrong. Well, the Dragons should have won this game because, honestly, they had so many opportunities. Yeah, look, I, I can't really defend my Dragons here. It, it did it appear a professional foul, potentially. Uh, we still dropped the ball. And, uh, look, the Raiders just hung there to, to the end. Um, and they just appeared they wanted the game more than we did. Um, but the Dragons, yeah, making numerous mistakes once again and just almost snatching the the um, defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, well, they went right to the end. But, uh, yeah, it's going to have to be a case of next season for them. Now, Canterbury, uh, they've signed Cameron Sheraldo, the assistant coach at Penrith, on a five-year deal. They muck around, do they? Five years for a coach who hasn't um, – he's only been an assistant coach at Penrith. That's um, a massive deal for him. That gives him some stability. But if you look at the record from uh, the Bulldogs in recent times, under Barrett, they only had five wins from 34 games. Um, since Barrett's left, under Mick Potter, they've won four from seven, and they're now 12th in the ladder. So there are some positive signs there for the Bulldogs. Um, this guy comes highly regarded, particularly even from within Penrith, and they wish him all the best. But, yeah, hopefully he'll be able to turn that Bulldogs team around and get some more consistency from them. Yeah, Wallabies absolutely smashed by Argentina after having a good win the week before. Well, no consistency here at all, is there? It, uh, being smashed 48-17 to 17 by Argentina, who are coached by Michael Checker. And Rennie was absolutely scathing. Um, he said, we just lacked cohesion. Um, we conceded four tries, and he said, we were dominated in, in the collisions. And I can just not help but think now that Eddie Jones is really going to start circling around <laughs> this, this coaching job with the Wallabies. It's time for Eddie to come through, I reckon.
Yeah, I just hope we beat the All Blacks. You know, yeah. like you go to the local matches and the kids' matches, and there's a there's obviously always a great collection of those of Kiwi heritage and South African heritage, and yep. they're all saying, "Oh, this is your chance, this is your chance." But um, yeah, those kinds of things bring us back to earth with the thud, don't they? Now, this was a really nice moment, wasn't it? This little little league um, piece of sportsmanship that's gone viral. Absolutely beautiful. It was, um, uh, as you said, in, in the Little League, a pitcher threw his pitch at a batter um, and it hit him in the head. Um, normally when you see that happen in baseball games, that the batter throws his bat to the ground and then goes and runs and tries to punch the pitcher. Well, he hit him flush in the side of the head. The pitcher was obviously really um, put off and, and disturbed by throwing a pitch and hitting someone in the head. The batter then walked from first base after being walked and walked up to the pitcher and consoled him, even though he'd been hit, and gave him a bit of a cuddle and said, mate, you know, I'm okay, get on with it. Lovely bit of sportsmanship. Yeah, it was nice, wasn't it? A nice little mm. cuddle. And um, yep. you've got a, a, a nice little um, junior soccer story to finish with today, buddy. Well, that, that story reminded me of going to watch a, a mate's son play. got a little kid at the time called Jamie Hoetzen, and Jamie was born with a cleft palate, and um, and his eyesight wasn't great, so he, he wore glasses, and the glasses used to be a little bit skew-whiff on his head, Jamie, but a lovely kid. Well, they put him in goals this day, and I'm standing behind the goals while Jamie's goalkeeper with his dad, Charles, having a coffee, and Jamie wasn't really focused. He's probably about six years of age at this stage and wasn't really focused on the ball um, and was sort of kicking around in the mud. The opposition had a striker who looked like he was in under-18s. <laughs> and as he came yeah. came running through to Jamie, we said, Jamie, focus, quickly, quick, look up. And Jamie looked up with his glasses all a bit skew with, and this striker hit a ball that hard, and Jamie just put his head into his knees and braced as this ball ricocheted off Jamie's knees, went back over the opposition's heads. Um, his, op- his teammates grabbed it and ran and scored. And they all ran around. Jamie took his shirt off. He was celebrating because he was he was a hero. What a save! An accidental save. And um, yeah, I just remember that moment. All the kids getting around Jamie saying, "You, you saved the game for us, mate." It was uh, yeah, it was a beautiful moment. Oh, I love it. That's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. If you're in the market for a racing horse, go and check out the guys at the Osher Group. They'll help you out. Of course, a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. Back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.